Cameo Radio. Welcome to Cameo Radio. I'm here with Danny Honeywine. Hi. And we've got an episode today, Going Rogue. What is Going Rogue? It's a good question. I think a lot of the world doesn't know, hence the podcast. So when something's rogue, it's gone against its own rules. It's gone against its own oaths, or he or she has gone against their own oaths or their own rules. It's as simple as breaking a promise. Right. You lend somebody your car. You say, don't lend my car to anybody else. I need it back in the morning. They show up two days late. Their cigarette burns in it. They've lent it to somebody else. The fender's bumped. You know, it's like they went rogue. They, they went rogue. They <laughs> promised not to. So there's there's lots of examples of this. Yeah. And I think it's important to get into some of those examples to make it really obvious mm-hmm. what it is. There's a few things that you see in society and culture all the time, right? We see schools. What do we do with our kids? It's the progression of life. So you go to school. Absolutely. You go to school. And it's the basic building blocks, or it's supposed to be the basic building blocks. Mm-hmm for life. And why do people put their kids in school? What are they doing all day? Well, it's part of the culture. Well, they're it's working. You do. Yeah, exactly. It's what you do. You can put your kids in school because you got to go to work. So is that just the blind reflex of saying that's how ingrained it is? Well, it depends. What's my kid learning at school? What are they doing? Well, maybe that's a question. Maybe that sort of questioning mm-hmm. starts to solve the issues. And and it is cultural. Absolutely. It's it's. I think it's the promise of the dream, right? We've heard of the American dream. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're in Canada up here. Yeah. Well, is there a Canadian dream? Is it Bob and Doug McKenzie? And like, do we even have a dream in Canada? Is it freedom? No. Is it maple leaf? No. I mean, how could it possibly be freedom? We're under colonial rule and we always have been. That's the disillusionment. You start to realize that maybe the dream that we were told about how the world is supposed to be and you can achieve your dreams in this world because the system's there to support you. I mean, growing up for me, I, I know... 80% 80% of my media came from America. Oh, so yeah. of course I would be inundated with like, you know, this idea of freedom. And I was like, but it's Canada. Like we don't actually have that. We're, right. well, we're still a part of we're a colony. I <laughs> think socially, culturally. Yeah. And we are part of a colony. That was a big disillusionment for me mm-hmm. over the years was that this isn't really up to the individual. It's colonial rule. And the colonial empire has a very basic premise. It's mm-hmm. to dominate everything. Yeah. So, I mean, America, maybe that's the American dream, you know, freedom, freedom and the Boston Tea Party and all yeah. this. So, liberty, not freedom. Freedom is internal. Freedom liberty. is internal. Liberty is the, you know, external environment. Maybe freedom is the expression of liberty. Mm-hmm. But either way, we're kind of promised this ability to get ahead and like the schools are there. The kids can go to school. Everything's going to be fine. We can work. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of these things that people don't want to look at, like the colonial empire or like rogue Mm -hmm. individuals. And that's really what this is all about. Where do we see some of these individuals? We see them as police officers. That's my favorite one. They have a ton of amount of authority. Mm -hmm. There's lots of examples of other organizations that have huge amounts of authority, like the Insurance Corporation of British Columbia. Monopoly. Total monopoly. Yeah. I didn't think you were supposed to have monopolies. I thought that was like a big no-no. Unless you are the monopoly. Unless you are the monopoly and you control the government. Which is what the crown i guess is it's a monopoly on government it's a monopoly on government that's run by the crown of england mm-hmm. and you don't have a say no. no you can vote for an elected representative but never forget it's the executive branch of the government that is appointed mm-hmm. and that is where it really happens mm-hmm. and that's where our judiciary comes from too all the judges mm-hmm. are appointed in canada which is crazy they don't do that necessarily all through the united states mm-hmm. they um have uh, uh, elections mm-hmm. and so you can hold your judges accountable yeah. And that is a huge shift. Yeah. That accountability is very important. It's very different. I mean, even Canada, going back to the earliest days, think back to the gold rush that happened in Alaska that spilled over into the Yukon. It was a completely different world when you entered, you know, from American territory to Canadian territory. It was completely different. It was okay. like super well organized and things were taken care of. The Mounties were really prominent. They were well-trained. They were highly, highly respected, highly regarded by everybody. And that kept the peace. Yes. And that's why Canada did thrive and yep. why they did maintain the territories and why we have coast-to-coast land yeah. as Canada. And that's what founded the country. But if you ask now, just like at the beginning of this show, 
what is like our national identity, the Canadian dream? And it's like, I, I don't, I don't know. It's been shattered by equality it's, or something. It's like, been, abs- yeah, yeah. I, I don't even know. I don't even know. Like, I don't like, even know. We live here and we don't know, but yeah. I, I do know. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at the world from, or if you look at Canada from the world's perspective, yeah. Canada symbolizes that. It, it's the Mountie. It's that like, that total unified, peace peaceful, identity. peacekeeping nation that goes yes. and, you know. And that's the country that I was told that I lived in when I was a kid. But, right. And like, oh, my defense attorney, what a wonderful fellow. He was a Mountie. Mm-hmm. He pulled out his gun one time and it was to shoot a skunk because it was causing some pretty big problems. The community was up in arms over the, the, was up in arms. the skunk, so he dealt with it. Yeah. It's probably appropriate yeah. use of force. Appropriate use of force. This animal is like killing other animals and pestering people pretty yeah. bad. So, But he also was a dentist because back in the day, the Mounties, and he was like, he was like dances with wolves. Mm-hmm. He's way out at an outpost, like out there. Yeah. And there's strict rules. You can't be with a woman unless she's your wife and it has to go through mm-hmm. approval and it's it's very strict code. Yeah. Early 60s. But yeah, not that long ago. Yeah. So he watched it fall apart and the rehabilitation system turned into the car- incarceration system and Mounties mm-hmm. were no longer Mounties wearing the red fatigues. They are police, police yeah. wearing militarized combat oh, yeah, we uniforms have, uh, and driving tanks. We have images of our... Police force RCMP wearing Desert Storm uniforms and taking out tiny house warriors on a opposition to a pipeline because they're claiming and stewarding their ancestral territory yeah. and the colonial empire, the Dominion of Canada Says doesn't no. want to recognize it. No. Says no, and that's the actual world that mm-hmm. we're in. Mm-hmm. So what happened? How did it get from that spot? where it was that truth and that beautiful thing that people come to Canada for. And when they get here, they find out that's not really the case. But was it ever really that true? Because I'm like, they still took, came and just took oh, the land. It wasn't true. It was, it was Rupert's land. Yeah, there was there were treaties in, in many spots across Canada. But by the time it got to British Columbia, word had already gotten so far and wide that you do not make treaty with these people that are coming to the point where they didn't make treaty, and now we have land that isn't no. contested, and it is just not part of the Dominion of Canada. Well, and I just did that CFM report on the War of 1864. Oh, must listen. Must yeah. listen. And, and just, there's an article as well. Yes, there's an yeah. article there. Yeah. There's a bunch of governments. The $50 bill was also really yeah. good. Um, the War of 1864, the colonials that went and apprehended the five chiefs that surrendered themselves for peace talks, they were arrested mm-hmm. and subsequently hung by the colonial. Yeah. Once word of that got back to Parliament, the people in Parliament were like, oh, we're toast. You should not have done that. But how would the colonial know unless they were completely acting of their own accord? See, they were supposed to follow their oath and their, if they were doing what the King of England had directed them to do, they would have made treaty. They would have made treaty and they would have gone to their superiors and said, look, there's a war here. Yes. We have them. They've come for peace talks. Um... But no, there isn't peace. There is only war there is because we've war. obviously screwed up it bad enough across this entire country that word's gotten all the way back to the west side. Yeah, that it's not going well. It's not going, and well. the whole fabric of Canada likely could have changed at that point, right. and we would have been growing from maybe an actual liberty perspective. But instead, that truth is buried, 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 and on we go. Yeah. Yeah, and that truth does get buried. 100 plus years. And so the only story that gets out is a Mountie in mm-hmm. red standing over top of the beautiful, you know, picturesque Rocky Mountains yeah. and this sort of nonsense yeah. and beavers and Bob and Doug McKenzie and, totally. and some toques and sure. no dude about it and all the rest. And yes, we live in an igloo, don't you know? And I got the uh, three sled garage just put it in, mm-hmm. snowing out. We've got such a good example of going rogue. This is kind of a really silly, simple example. We have these giant potholes on our roads. Oh, the pothole thing. And so the way it works is the ministry, who's responsible for the highways, the public, you know, ostensibly the public body, they hire contractors for the lowest bid to take care of the roads. And so whose responsibility is it to fix the potholes? Well, you would think it's the road contractor. Or, if not them. If they're not doing their job. Then probably it's... 
the ministry. Because they hired them. Well, if you talk to the road contractor, they're going to deflect because, well, it's going to cost them money to fix the road. Oh, it's so deflective. It's not our problem. You have to talk to the ministry. So if you talk to the ministry, what do they say? Well, it's not our problem. you got to talk to the road contractor. Exactly. It's total deflection. Yeah. Now, if you need a judgment on this, good luck. You need somebody to come in and say who is responsible. You can go to the BC Obens person. Oh, well, this is a Obensman, fun one. <laughs> and the Obensman will initiate a recommendation process that'll take years yes. to get there. Meanwhile, I'm, your roads are toast. 2017 finally resolved an Ombudsman's issue for me. 2017. In 2022. In twenty. So five years. For them to tell me we can't do anything. Yeah, and usually that's what it is. They can't do anything. <laughs> yeah. And they'll tell you who might be accountable if you're lucky but they won't hold anybody no, to it. No, no, no. No, 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 no. There's no punitive action. Mm-hmm. And if there's no punitive action, there's no actual accountability, mm-hmm. the system will not correct. Yeah. And that becomes completely rogue. So exactly. our, our roads are a bit rogue. Rogue. And rogue. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's, the, I mean, there's, there's so many good examples of situations that go rogue. I, and like I said in the beginning, RCMP officer, ton of power. Mm-hmm. What happens when they abuse that power? What if there's no accountability? Well, they don't lose their job. No, they isn't. typically get promoted and transferred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they certainly cannot lose their job. No, they don't lose their job. Yeah. And if they do lose their job, they're going to get a wicked severance So package. if there's no accountability really anywhere in our country, in our system, in I our should system. say, then what's stopping everybody from going rogue? Well, not much. And that's the trouble with the sleeping mass of society. Mm-hmm. We talked about the fish. Mm-hmm. earlier and then there's the frog mm-hmm. oh the frog let's start with two the frog wonderful one. metaphors <laughs> right so if you take a frog and i know this happened because my parents saw this in school you take a frog and you throw it into boiling water jumps out you put the frog in water and slowly bring it to a boil what happens to the frog boils it boils mm-hmm. it's gone it's toast and so our society the the temperature of this thing has gone up and up and up mm-hmm. i mean how hot of a topic is it to say that we're in a lot of trouble well, or even take it the other way and say like the accountability is just gone the accountability is gone it's gone well and when the accountability goes the amount of trouble where it goes up yeah. i mean it's it's, mm-hmm. it's it's totally part and parcel so a lot of people don't notice the temperature they mm-hmm. don't notice the climate because they're so accustomed to it mm-hmm. and there's so many people mm-hmm. who just say go along to get along yeah because and don't make any waves the gradual process of change yes yeah and evil persists yes. when good men do nothing right or yeah. women yes and that's what's gone on and if you want to get ahead just play the game Mm-hmm. It's all this sort of thinking. Mm-hmm. So when somebody does stand up, like it's into the fish metaphor, mm-hmm. when somebody does stand up and say, hey, wait a second, this rangeland is not being managed in accordance with our, our mandate, own mandate. Or wait a second, you can't arrest that person like that. You can't treat them like that. What happens to that officer? It's illegal. They're, yeah, they're commanding officers like you're done and they suspend them. Mm-hmm. So you want to be good? You're going to get walked on by somebody above you who's made rank. Mm-hmm. By doing the wrong thing mm-hmm. because it's more profitable, right? What could what could be the reasons? Mm-hmm. It's more profitable, or they're corrupt and they're looking to put profit into their friends' hands or their family's hands and pockets. That's a common. I think that's what the common thing that people think when they think of corruption. Corruption, financial, financial corruption, and that's how it's kind of legislated in Canada. We, we have a huge case coming out um, in our region around insurance fraud, and it's just oh one another lining each other's pockets and this cesspool of like yeah just corruption like financial corruption and like the, the true heart of what you think of corruption the person who's doing it yeah. is so not rogue that she's doing it on her father's behalf he, who is he's i think he's close to 80 yeah he's up in his 80s like he's an elder and so it's literally in her claim it's elder abuse that's yeah. what they're doing the they targeted doing. this elder because he's vulnerable. he's vulnerable it's an easy target mm-hmm. i have an alert file through the um, government system mm-hmm. that whenever i go into a government office there's an alert there because I started asking hard questions in a ministry mm-hmm. and they said, don't let anybody talk to him other than the team lead or the director of operations, because everybody else will give you this, this shunting deflective process over yeah. here, over there, over there. And I'm all of a sudden I start holding people accountable by asking hard questions Yeah, and asking hard questions, put somebody on the spot Yeah, because now they have to answer. Yeah. And that's a tough, which one. is likely what Michael Grant did. And you knew him as well. That's I another knew, podcast. That's another podcast. God bless Michael Grant. God rest his soul. Yeah. You're not sure exactly what happened to him, but 
he died of a massive heart attack in his trailer. Yeah. Didn't make a lot of sense, but he was working as a U.S. Marshal's deputy in Thrums, British Columbia, reporting corrupt judges. And what did I do that led to my arrest? I wrote a letter to the chief judge's office expressing quite a bit of, I guess, upset mm-hmm. at a judge and their Frustration, behavior. Frustration, likely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there was some frustration, but it's also just conduct issues. Yeah, conduct issues, yeah. Well, and what would that judge be doing if he wasn't following his conduct? He rogue? would be rogue. That's yeah. rogue. Yeah. So you're holding somebody to their own rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who's responsible for the potholes, right? The social dynamics, everybody's going along to get along. Mm-hmm. What does a dead fish do? floats downstream it goes with the flow Mm -hmm. so a a fish that's living its nature goes Mm -hmm. against the flow and it goes upstream Mm -hmm. with like the mission of its life to reproduce and carry on its species but it's interesting to note too it takes a certain point where the fish goes downstream right the baby fish goes downstream and it just goes to the ocean and it doesn't really know and then it's a certain point when it gets activated and it's like i gotta go upstream and do this thing that i don't even know i don't even know what it's this in is. its nature though yeah it's in its nature mm-hmm. and so that might be kind of the the battle also there could be deeper right a mm-hmm. spiritual presence to this the battle of principalities mm-hmm. good versus evil what is in the person's nature yeah. what is in somebody's nature mm-hmm. so yeah there's so many social issues there's systemic issues and there's personal issues if somebody makes a promise and they don't follow it or they make themselves what's the most common promise that nobody follows new year's resolution right <laughs> Every year, I never drinking again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and then the systemic issues when, let's say, for example, there's so many lawsuits against the RCMP, mm-hmm. and if they were all over the front page news, there'd be a civil war going on. People would be scared. They'd be scared upon mass of what's going on. Mm-hmm. There would be a massive distrust, or it would just completely change into something. It would have different. to, yeah, force it to change because yeah. everybody would do something. Yes, and those solutions are, are are definitely there. Women would demand it. Women would demand it, and men would have to make the hard choice. Mm-hmm. And that's not a bad thing. And I think that's how it was originally in culture. Women would appoint men to certain positions mm-hmm. like if a woman doesn't decide to be with a man and have a family he's not the head of a family typically well and i know i've read uh, some literature from iroquois typically it's a women's council and typically it's an elders women's council yes been there done that seen it and they, they know how to keep appoint- swimming upstream yeah and they're appointing the war chief and the peace chief yes and they appoint the war chief and the peace chief and the tribe and then who's ultimately responsible if the war chief or the peace chief goes rogue Oh. Well, the grandmothers that elected him. Yeah. So they and their whole tribe will be wiped out. Yeah. So they are very, very careful in who they appoint. Yes. As their war chief, as their peace chief. They yeah. pick the right people. Oh, yeah. And how would we do it now? This like large democratic across country nation. Like, oh, are yeah. you kidding? And who's accountable? And is your tribe yeah. or family going to be wiped out if Trudeau makes the wrong decision? Good, like, he's not accountable. No. He's not accountable the to our region. The vulnerable people will be wiped out. Yes. And that's exactly and that's what's going what's on. happening. It's a divide and conquer. Yeah. It's a divisive system. And we literally see it. We've got all these um, around here where we live. The traumatized people are pushing themselves out. Oh, yes. Into ice, more isolated Isolation. areas, right? Right. And living more rurally. And it turns into hillbilly syndrome. Well, yeah, because they're going out there because there's some need to get away. Whether And so then they go out there and it's like, well, maybe you'll feel better out there. But if they're not actively healing and actively getting better and resolving those issues that they had, it just turns into hillbilly syndrome. Yeah, hillbilly syndrome. And, and the idea of hillbilly syndrome is... We can, it's kind of funny, but it's, it's kind like, of... Yeah, it's kind it's of... Near, 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 near. Well, the hillbillies tend to look down on city folks. They yeah. think they've got it figured out, yeah. but they are like one of the largest contributors to you know climate change, global warming impacts that humanity's having. Um, there's a massive amount of transportation to get out there. There's mm-hmm. a lot of small engines, there's, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Crime. Yeah, that like kind of isolation. Social drama, more like, not crime so much, but just it like can turn into negative it. social drama. Major, major yeah. negative social drama can, can mm-hmm. occur. And it's in those isolation groups and isolated, very, very isolated places where abuse yes. can be out of control. Absolutely. Absolutely yeah. out of control. Because there's nobody there to witness it. So if there's nobody there to witness it and you've got a victim and a victimizer, there's not going to be accountability. No. Because it's completely swept under the rug. Exactly. No one will ever know. Yeah. And so, yeah, how do we heal from that? And and that's a major choice. And men have to make that hard choice. And 
one of the unfortunate side effects, I think, why people go with the flow is because it's easy. It's the comfortable solution. Mm -hmm. And that that's a tricky one. Mm -hmm. Well, I just want my retirement and I want this and I want that. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to be left alone. You know, mm -hmm. the Howard Beale show yep. network, 1970, which in and of itself is going rogue. It is. That is where the rogue happens because yep. people just want that simple thing. Just leave me alone. And they want to ignore the ugly reality. Mm -hmm. They would rather sweep yep. it under the rug. So yep. on that note, we've got a great little midpoint. Yeah. And maybe we could call it a history lesson. Here you go. I, William Wallace gave his life because he would not ever give up the fight for their freedom, for the egregious trespass against his people. And Robert the Bruce, he could not be bought by the, all the lures of English gold and wealth and power, and for it he became the King of Scotland. And I, any day, would rather go brogue than go rogue. I'll never be bought. Wallace, he was captured hunting to London tune. They put the death her guardian, but couldn't take her crew. Well, that's, that's fun. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think we could take a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the accountability versus the comfort zone and, and yeah. the reality of that is like growth happens outside of the comfort zone. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's the only place it can happen. Um, the kind of the ugly truth for us here in Canada is like, if the reality is that Canada entered war in, what year was it? 1864. So really this landmass. The Chilcolton War. Yeah. If, of 1864. But it's the whole, it's all of Canada. Oh yeah. Like they went to war with all of the, they with the crown. Oh yeah. And that, that fact. Like the natives. Yeah. 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 Chilcolton. So they went to war with Canada in 1864 oh, and yeah. that, and there was no resolution. It's been open warfare ever since. Yeah. And that fact is completely swept under the rug. Mm -hmm. And we all believe we have this country when in fact we just have a corporation of the crown. That's a pretty long time to have a secret buried mm -hmm. and to have it come out. And right. to have it be realized it's and to have to time. deal with the consequences of open warfare. Well, like, I think the war stopped back then, but the mentality never That's what I mean, right? That's what you the mean. Mentality. Yes. The mentality. It's like it is that's a war. standoffish. Yeah. Nature. Yeah. Get out of our territory. We yeah. aren't treating with yeah. you. Yeah. I brought it up recently. I've, my travels in, in America, you know, you get on a, on a, ski lift with somebody right and you ride up with them and people talk to each other in america they just talk right blah 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 blah, blah. like about whatever about whatever in canada you get on a ski lift and you ride up to the top of the hill you'd be lucky if you crack that person open next to you which is funny because the canadian dream yeah. is that we're this friendly, friendly fun loving kind, so polite yeah what? But the reality of it isn't. Like, my experience in America, I always leave America and I go, oh, wow, people are really, like, open and, like, they're brash, but... That's not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. And I'm not really, like, yeah, I get a... Maybe I'm offended, but who cares? Like, whatever, you can hurt my feelings. But then in Canada, it's, get like... outside your comfort zone. It's totally different. I'm, like, you know, you have to work to figure out what a person's angle is and is that because there's so many people are rogue i don't know i don't know that's a tricky one right <laughs> they don't know if they're following their code like maybe subconsciously we all know that like oh my gosh what are we doing we don't really know well what that's is our national thing. identity a lot of people don't think because thinking is difficult oh yes and if roll people the clip. yeah they roll the clip uh i try not to think too much <laughs> so if people want to just regurgitate something it's so much easier mm -hmm. so much easier and uh and yeah Open conflict, if you want to ask questions. Mm -hmm. Buried conflict, if you just want to talk about land prices and weather. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or mm -hmm. whatever, something that doesn't matter. Apocalyptic smoke we're having today, Cam. Oh, yeah. It looks like, a, well, I mean, the forests aren't firing around us. <laughs> yes. and, and at least it's not too smoky in here. <laughs> so what happens to remedy if we don't acknowledge the problems? It can never come. Yes. You can't have it. So if somebody comes to you, and this is another one, my defense attorney. Yeah. I just love the guy. We should bring him some more honey. Yeah, yeah. He's the best. Uh, he was talking about how he was walking through uh, PGRC, the correctional institution up mm -hmm. in Prince George the here. Prison. Yep. The prison. And <laughs> he found a guy, and he knew him. And he was a Chilcolton fellow. Yeah, he recognized the language. He recognized the language. Yep. And he can speak their language, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. 
And he asked him what's going on. And this guy said, they asked me if I understood a plea. And I said, yes. And they said, okay, you're guilty. And they threw him in here. And none of it was right. It was mm-hmm. for fishing in the river. Mm-hmm. Now, if you think about an Aboriginal person, well, they're the plea pretty was... much allowed to fish in the river. Yeah. Yeah. It was a it was a it was a reduced sentence plea or something. Yeah. But they didn't ask him, do you plead guilty? They said, no. Do you understand what a plea is? Yeah. And he was like, Yeah. yeah. I said, Okay, well, you're guilty. You're guilty it. then, yeah. And because there's no accountability, because what's the first thing that you find when you go into a courtroom? There's a sign on the wall, no cameras, no recording. So they control the record. Mm-hmm. And how much does it cost to get a transcript of those records? Oh, such a pain in the butt. Yeah. If they think nobody's gonna look, they'll just leave it there. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what the attorney found. He went and he looked. Yes. And he listened and he was like, this can't happen. And yeah. right away, he said, he, this part of his story, he said, you don't think that could happen because it's not supposed to happen. Yeah. Always check. Always check. If somebody told you, check. Double check. Double check. Don't dismiss them and say they're a quack or nope. that's not possible. So he went to the we registry. Don't assume that they're telling the honest truth. Check. Check. And so he did. He went and he listened to the court recording mm-hmm. from, you know, and there it was. So then he had to make all of these court applications and fight and get this guy out. And I'll tell you what, there's no money in that. Nope. Nope. He was doing it because he was true to his oath. Yes. Yep. Yeah, Retired personal, RCMP. Personal code. His personal code. One hell of a model Canadian. Absolutely. If there could ever be one. Yeah. Absolutely. What happens when we have that rogue culture mm-hmm. and so it ends up with problems like this bell is facing up in pgrc yeah. you know how can we find that remedy and yeah. and maybe you know an it, ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure yeah i think it's so big that it comes right down to even looking at where we live i remember growing up thinking that i lived in a village and because where we're where we live is quite small some people referred to it as the village of 100 mile house. And then it was sometime around the late nineties, it changed to district. And it just very clearly became like the district of 100 mile house. And a district is not a village. No. Like, let me tell you, it's run by a board. It's not a, it's not a village at all by any stretch of the imagination, other than like potentially maybe if you want to define it by the number of people who live in the side of the boundaries but i'm like there's no supports there's no resources there's no there's no accountability to the accountability. local there's no culture there's no the local, you know elders circles there's none of this there's no village the local isn't run by a village council it's run by a board mm. of what are they called counselors mm-hmm. well they're called counselors but a council is a wise point of advice for an executive and so but here what's happening is the executive runs the the executive runs it runs the council so i'm like it doesn't the council doesn't really offer anything they just the executive the executive does is the chief administrative officer yes yes who's still functioning in this town Mm -hmm. even though he's given his letter of resignation he's going to stay on to make sure that they keep going as the consultant yeah to make sure and the person who's now going to be in charge is likely completely underqualified to some of the individuals that applied. That applied. That like, we have knowledge of. We know that one of the applicants is yep. one of the highest qualified auditors. Yes, in, in this town. This town. Yes. And they gave him a thanks response with two X's. Thanks. Like triple X. You know, like thanks. Thanks. Triple X. <laughs> cute, right? Like super this cute. Professional. Yeah. And so there's no accountability. There's no practice standard that they will be held and to. Here's a question, a hard question. Just how rogue do you have to be to not even be able to retire? Right? You're so rogue that you can't even retire because, like, what, we might find out how rogue you are? Oh, yeah. And because <laughs> of that, I just got to back this up and throw this one point in because yep. it's so important. There's so many people who have left government and service positions into retirement and they are brought back as contractors. Mm-hmm. The number one issue is they are not replaced by trainees. People are not trained and put into those positions. The people who are doing this, mm-hmm. I know the ones are the ones that are responsible. I mean, the ones that are doing it. Yeah. They're typically older, aging out, baby boomer populations. Mm-hmm. It's a massive population. Yeah. When they literally start dying off, there will be no businesses. No. There won't be gas stations nope. unless they're family run. Mm-hmm. Then, and some of them are. Yes. A lot of these people yep. are moving up. East Indian folks are moving mm-hmm. up and buying all of our stores out. Mm-hmm. 
and they'll be they literally will be in charge their yeah. family will run everything of course nobody's going to buy out the local coffee shop nobody's going to buy out the restaurant chains they're not going to exist mm-hmm. we're going to be plunged into a serviceless society mm-hmm. and the government will be gutted mm-hmm. we even have friends uh in a larger center just down here from us, Kamloops, and they're working on a project which specifically is aimed at helping people to transition out of their business, let go, hand it off. The succession plan. The succession plan. But they're even there, like, we're 10 years too late to too a party late. that should have started 10 years ago. Oh, yes. And a lot yeah. of people are are nervous about, and specifically what they do, their organization is called Coactive. Mm-hmm. Really love the conversations we've had with yeah. Coactive. Um they can't get the traction. The people who will take over the operation of a business as a worker-owned cooperative. Mm -hmm. So say a restaurant, say one person owning it, it's now owned by the staff, Mm -hmm. and those staff make the decisions in a democratic process. With the council. With the council. It can be a for-profit model. It can be a par-value share structure model. It can be however you want it to be set up. It's just a very practical way to be able to share the equity in the purchase because who can afford to just go out and purchase these businesses? Right, and the responsibility. And even if you go to like the BDC, so Mm -hmm. the Business Development Corporation of Canada, and they will help finance business acquisitions, they're reluctant to work with co-ops because they're like, well, who's in charge? And it's Mm -hmm. like all the members. Mm -hmm. But if you bring them a really good business case Mm -hmm. and it's profitable and Mm -hmm. you convince them of that you might get some traction there so we've gotten a little bit off topic but that's those those these are these are solutions that are that are prominent right and and those are the hard choices are we going to do something that's more difficult Mm -hmm. but the good part about a co-op model just to finish that thought for Mm -hmm. myself is there's accountability because mm-hmm. you have to answer to your peers and Absolutely. there's advice processes. Yes. And if you don't do it, everybody will look at you and say, yeah. you are jeopardizing all of our skin in this game. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so, so it's therefore, very accountable. you have to resolve, A, number one, have open conflict. You have to accept it, realize it, live it, process it, do it, go through it, resolve it. Yeah. Have the conflict, have the resolution, find a new working model, adapt and change if you can. Yeah. Unless you're too recalcitrant to change. What's that thing you always... Solve it, coagula. Oh, solve it, coagula. Yeah, but that's alchemy. <laughs> alchemy is a whole other show. That's we'll get into that. We've got a, similar. a special guest. I don't know if he'd want to be on yeah. here, but I think maybe some of his ideas yeah. could be quite yeah. brilliant. So we've had this kind of joke running, kind of joke for the past few days, where it's like, has the whole world gone rogue, Cam? And Cam says, yes, 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 they have. And I said, I think it's time that we put the entire world. In the doghouse. Oh, yeah. So if women could just, or women and, and all the people who hold positions that are typically, you know, female-held positions in society. Yeah. You know, unpaid, volunteer, nurturing, caring, all of those positions that are just... Girlfriends, you know, wives. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, the caring, nurturing positions that typically are unremunerated in money, but they continue the activity of the world. Because if they didn't exist, it wouldn't happen. So what would happen if they all went on strike? Yeah, don't. How quickly would everything stop and we would be plunged into what? Total chaos. So let me, let me put that in context too. The whole world goes into the doghouse yep. because women have gone on strike from womenly duties, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And now the men have to make some hard choices because yep. they're all in the doghouse. Because what do all women want to generally? I mean- I'm the in village. the phase of my life where it's like, I need a village or I can't function. Let's get back to the village here. Because I have, you know, small children. It's like, right. if you have small children, you're either putting them in daycare and going to work and doing that. And if you don't do that, you're like, where's my village? Mm-hmm. Like, what am I doing? How am I, where is well, the support? What am I? And let me frame that a little bit. Yeah. Because a lot of people will be like, wait a second. You live in a little town. There's little houses. Mm-hmm. There's little stores. There's all these nice little things and people can go and do. And you all know each other so well. And yeah, there's some social drama. But isn't that a village? Mm-mm. Now, a village is not necessarily just a bunch of little stone circles that everybody no. lives in. A village is a place where people are able to communicate with each other. Yes. The number one thing that has destroyed the village and society is when we are all given our little stone circles, but that little stone circle, and I mean a house, yeah, basically, yeah. whatever. It's your little circle. It's your little plot. Yes. Do if, whatever you want in there. Yes. As long as you don't upset the stat quo, yeah. because you will be socially ostracized, mm-hmm. you will be financially 
severely damaged. You will not be allowed to participate in the old boys club, all of these sorts of things. And through that, you will likely lose your stone circle Mm -hmm. and you will end up being broke. Yes. Which works to, could work to a point. Keeps everybody in line. Keeps everybody in line. Okay. That's the Canadian way. It's not freedom. But that ain't freedom. That ain't liberty. That ain't liberty. liberty. What happens when it starts to go rogue? Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? It doesn't work anymore. And I think majority of women who are coming to light of what is actually happening in the world, we see it like, yo, there ain't a village. It doesn't exist. No, it's not. I took my mother to the hospital here and they made her worse. Right. Now a village would be accountable. There would be a village, a tribal council of elders with their wisdom. Yes. And they would listen. There would be peer groups. There would be a youth council. There would be a peer council. There would be an elder council. They would make recommendations to the community. And if the community cared, Mm -hmm. they would show up. And change it. They would show up and they would be like, we need this. And they would find out how that solution is. And if everybody said yes. And it would just happen. It would happen. Yeah. And if they had a good peace chief or war chief in Mm -hmm. place, Mm -hmm. that war chief or peace chief would know what everybody wanted anyway. Exactly. And they would be able to make that decision quickly without having a gigantic constant referendum. Yeah, and you're not living in a state of constant democracy is absurd. But what we do have as as this this referendum, this constant referendum, is every four years there's an election and not everybody shows up. Most people are so apathetic they don't care. And that allows it to continue. Right. Yeah. It allows it to continue. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the sleeping mass of shoppers. That's the, <laughs> the, the, the horde of people that just want to go along to get along and they get their kicks elsewhere. Yeah. And they don't want to look at hard things or, or it takes them a really long time to start to wake up to it. And there's a lot of people out there in like the truth movement. And they're like, wake up. And it's just this absurd. Wake yeah. up to what? Look, look. Look at how they look at turn your own life. They <laughs> turn boil the frog yeah. into a myth. If you look that up on Google, in it's Canada like at least, anyways, the myth yeah. of it. It's like it's not a myth. It's a it's a, it's a metaphor. Metaphor. <laughs> and so if they turn the metaphor of truth into a myth. That means as far that as, the truth itself is a myth. Yeah. And so, <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah, it's oh, it's bad. Anyway, yeah. it's like the zombie apocalypse has yeah. already hit, and the it's starting to get some shoppers. I mean, maybe we can put it at the end of this episode. The little bit from the share shack. Oh Stay yeah, that's a great one. Episode. That's a fun one. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And this thing, they don't want to know. No. They don't want to know. Leave me alone. I'm just going to go on. I don't want to know. And that's because the thing. At the share shacks, it's the same people at the share shacks. It's the same, you know, f- hundred people. they know. Who are all doing the work of going they're not, there. They're not getting their kicks from shopping. Yeah. They're like, there's stuff here I need. And I got to, yeah. And like, can oh, I get yeah. this repurposed? How can I get this back into use? Like, yeah, they're working and at it's, it. And it's magic. Yeah. Because you can just be like, I need something. Ooh, and you thanks. go there and there it is. Like the toaster yeah. thing. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, you guys a clip. So how can society culture address the challenges, right? of the individual choice when people make a choice to open their eyes and try to wake up to the world Mm. without falling into woke culture or to explore (laughs) their own code like where is my moral compass like where is it is it for me like right yeah so they 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 have to try to make those choices that's Mm -hmm. the individual choice and it's the self-determination to the responsibility of freedom Mm -hmm. you want to be free you have to learn how to do it yourself you have to find your family your your peer collective absolutely it's super hard but then that's the beauty of a co-op that and then at that point then you have a collective that can start to build out from there yeah but without that you have nothing so if you can't do it in yourself you've got to do it yourself first you you have to be able to you have to know what's right and what's Mm -hmm. wrong and you have to be able okay to say i think that's right and have somebody else say i think this is right and have a differing opinion conflict and say okay well like we're gonna meet at some undetermined solution yeah or you have to go into yourself and find out do i have to readjust given new information exactly and that, that's a tough one process. for a lot of people. And we're not taught to do that. Well, people don't like to think. They'd rather regurgitate. Roll it. Uh, I try not to think too much. <laughs> you push them to, if you push them to think, it could be a little difficult. Um, will people continue to comply knowing that something is wrong? I've got a fun, quick little story here. Grandpa worked for the Auditor General in British Columbia, auditing fish farms primarily. Mm-hmm. He would take surveys of uh, the books records and practices of like aboriginal fish farms and he would submit them with approval up to his boss Mm -hmm. he would find out later that they had been denied he would look at them the filings had been changed they had altered his work to cause a denial it because it's racism 
Right. They're native. No. The answer is no. We we, want this money to go to white people. Look, we've been at war. Yeah. They don't want to help them, right? And that just makes it worse. So what did grandpa do? Grandpa blackmailed the auditor general for years. I think he worked there for like 14 years. And what he did was he stacked up all the original filings. And then he told them, if you don't start doing the right thing and I keep my job and I go up, Mm -hmm. so this doesn't happen anymore, I'm opening my safe and everybody will know the truth. And what did they do? They paid him out Mm -hmm. and they kept him there and he fixed it. Mm -hmm. He had to blackmail them with a crime. Yeah. So that they did the right thing. Mm-hmm. And the reward that they got was, well, you're not going to be labeled a criminal. Yes. Now, the aud- the Auditor General of British Columbia no longer exists. No. It's gone. Yeah. Why? Because all that truth came out somewhere. Yeah. And they shut it down. But they were, yeah, they were racist-driven colonial, mm-hmm. like, Dominion of Canada drones mm-hmm. following that agenda. Absolutely. Of, like, the egregious face of domination. Yeah. And so, anyway, some of that apparently mm-hmm. is uh, how I bought my house. There you go. So, you know, it wasn't nothing. <laughs> so will people continue to comply knowing that it's wrong or will they figure out a solution to do something that's like drastic? Like mm-hmm. that's drastic, mm-hmm. right? So that, that's a tricky one. You might lose your job mm-hmm. if you stand up. It's it's possible. Yeah. Well, and if you, and if, if you go rogue, I'm like, it's been already shown in the 20th century. Yeah. With the Nuremberg defense. It's not oh, valid. Yeah. It's not valid. It is not valid. It is not valid. You can't say I was just doing my job. And just because we haven't had, you know, a widespread observation of what's going on in Canada. Because it's swept under the rug. Because it's swept under the rug and everyone thinks, okay. It's like, just because we haven't had that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. It's yeah, starting absolutely. to come out more on the higher and higher levels. Oh yeah. Corruption will always yeah. be exposed. And yeah. that's the thing, like I say in the CFM report, watch those. It's up to just us mm-hmm. to find justice. Actually, I had a dream last night that I met Rick Mercer. Yeah. <laughs> Rick, if you're out there. <laughs> yeah, we quite love your work. We want to know the rest of the story. More interviews with Americans. And if you haven't seen Rick Mercer's interviews with Americans, check oh, them out. Oh, those are fantastic. They're yeah. so good. So yeah, you can't say you're just doing your job. You know, you might get promoted, but you will lose your morality and your ethics. And mm-hmm. once those are gone, you don't really get them back. And why would you? You'd be like, yeah. well, like, I feel the same. And like, so some people are bound mm-hmm. to their actual mm-hmm. themselves and they, they just can't. They just can't. So woman strike. Absolutely amazing. Whole world in the doghouse. Whole until world the, doghouse. Until the elder circle elects a new peace chief and war chief. Yeah. Boom, problem yeah. solved. You boys get nothing. Uh, uh, oh, have I been God. good? <laughs> God, I hope so. If the guys, if your guy's been good, be good to him. If he hasn't, doghouse, doghouse, doghouse. I mean, yeah. I think go that's talk a, to your grandmother. That's a pretty good motivator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The women strike the whole world. And so, is there an alternative to this as well? Like, is there alternatives to the system that's gone rogue? Well, we've actually talked about a fair. We have. We've yeah. talked about it. We've talked about where it's come from, yeah. where it could go. There are some potential solutions. Mm-hmm. Is there currently an alternative? What exists and has existed? The village Mm -hmm. model, the tribal councils, these sorts of things, awesome models from history. Can we replicate them? The answer is we have to break out of that social consciousness and that daze and stop just going with the flow and being a dead fish. And we have to work with what we have, which is what we do. You and I do a lot in our work. We try to work with what we have and bring in the to hybridize, to bring in the model because it's like, well, yeah, we still do have a province and we still do have a federal government. Like yeah. all of it. And we still do have municipal and these things are in power and they are okay. So then they are rogue, but how do we take th- that and try to make it unrogue and put something under it so that like nobody actually, if you ask them, do you want to be rogue and be a bad person? They'd be like, no, like I want to be a good person and do the right thing. And I don't want to rock the boat and blah, buddy, blah, buddy, blah, 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 so there are hybrid models. Yeah, there's some great hybrid models. So there's like food production in gardening. Mm-hmm. Now, if you mix food production and gardening with landscaping, what do you get? Permaculture. Permaculture, which is awesome. Now, because we want to take permaculture design. Yeah, and instead of now, instead of one form of capital, which is money, yeah, credit scores, and 401ks, now we have eight forms of capital. Yeah, yeah, which is like, yeah, social. Social capital. You've got uh, monetary capital. You've got... Uh, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to run through the whole list. You didn't remember your list, <laughs> <laughs> but then there's other ones too. So, yes, there are many forms of capital there's yeah. social capital, 
right? There's yeah. monetary capital. There's like uh, resource capital, there's, like yep, trading tariffs for beans. Carrots. There's story capital. Yeah, there's like cultural, cultural capital. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If I can there's them all. <laughs> there yeah. are somewhere. <laughs> we'll post a link. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then okay, here's another hybrid model. So if you take architecture and you mix that with the ecology, like habitats, like habitats, you end up with an ecology, <laughs> which is where I want to live because that actually solves the problems, the social problems, but it's a different way of living. Mm-hmm. You can't just put people in there from this, from this nuclear family fallout. It wouldn't work. No. And put them in there and be like, do it. Cause they'll just leave and drive somewhere and go to a job yeah. <laughs> and continue the same thing and yeah. come back. And it's like, no, no, no that's it's, the parasitic This isn't stuff. an apartment. This is an ecology. It's an ecology. So you work in there, yeah. in that group yeah. and in that building. Yeah. And it provides for everything. The You're like, you like pottery? Well, the potters are over the there. You like there. baking? Well, the bakery's over there. Yeah, and if you like to eat, the garden's over here. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it's not that hard. Cause then you can put the landscape in yeah. there but with hab- the food production. habitually people will be like but i have to go to my job and they're still getting their car and drive away oh and the so. answer is <laughs> these aren't just nice ideas these are literally happening mm-hmm. we have a rideshare program to incentivize conflict resolution procedures amongst participants and they get their kilometers reimbursed for carpooling mm-hmm. all they have to do is be a member yeah and the base for membership is one dollar yeah, well, currently, but it's currently that's like entry level. That's yeah. going to come up. So that's yeah. yeah, that's kind of fun. Yeah. So we're also looking at potentially doing an ecology project, which is way down the line. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jacques Fresco, the Venus Project, Zeitgeist. A lot of people have heard of this stuff. Yeah, and it's getting bigger. Well, it's been out in but the consciousness field for a while. Jacques Fresco died years yeah. ago. Yeah. He spent his entire life like yelling on TV oh, about yeah. how it's paradise or oblivion. Yeah, and he was in the time frame where it should have started happening then. Absolutely, we're ten years behind where we should have been ten years ago. Yeah. We're in a lot of trouble. Oh, yeah. Frog is toast. Yeah. We're in the Walking Dead zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to this and you do like the idea, like comment. We're going to make it easy for you to shoot us an email, mm-hmm. make it easy for you to get in contact with us if you want to know more information about those projects because that's a whole other episode. Mm-hmm. And, and we're going to see it. We might even have a road show. Yeah, and I think like the reality is it's like we say oblivion and it's like, oh my god, and it's like well no, we just have to accept the sooner we can accept that we're in oblivion, the sooner we, we can, can ha- get out put the world in the doghouse and get on with rebuilding the villages. Because yeah, like, it is. The longer it's, that we stay on this track, it's just harder and harder to get. Well, and it's oblivion, not that like we're going to be annihilated by nuclear war. Yeah. It's oblivion in the fact that there is no moral compass. It's dirt. It's dirt. It's oblivion. We've been yeah. brainwashed. Yeah. We're just sleeping sheeples, yeah. completely controlled by mass media. Right. Very few people think, and the ones that do pop their head up above everyone else, and mm-hmm. it's like whack a mole. Right. And like, sure, we don't watch as much TV as a collective anymore, but it's like, well, now it's Facebook. And what's Facebook? It's just a bunch of whack a mole. Oh, whack your neighbor who can whack their neighbor's opinion harder. It's like, well, it's not productive. I don't even, I don't even, I go on Facebook to look at pictures of sailboats. I'm righter than you, and you're wronger than me. And it's like, oh, are you kidding me? But anyways, so I think this whole thing comes back around to accountability. Mm-hmm. Hold yourself accountable. If you can't hold yourself accountable, you're in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. If you can start to do that, you can hold your people right around you accountable. Yes. And tell them to bloody well tell you the truth and mm-hmm. hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, they're not your friends. Mm-hmm. We did an episode about frenemies we talked about in one yeah. of those last boat float episodes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they'll tell you what you want to hear, not what you need to hear. Well, mostly because they want to know what you are thinking. They well, don't care what you're doing. They just want to know more. And like, literally I had an RCMP officer tell me that roll it. It's Brad calling. I'm belligerent to my office. We'll tell you what you want, what you want to hear. Yeah. What I want to hear. I don't even want to hear that. So there's accountability issues everywhere. I mean, I literally had a judge say to me, not even just a few days ago. Yeah. I know how glacial the legal system is. I've been going through a family law issue fighting for my son. For seven years. For seven years. And it only has gotten worse because mm-hmm. the system is so, as the judge put it, glacial. glacial. He'll be grown up. Yeah, he'll be grown up and gone. So there's no accountability there mm-hmm. because what do you do? Mm-hmm. The legal system cannot sue or be sued. There's no remedy. And if you write to the office of the chief judge, they might just try to kill you. And there's certainly no village. Don't. If you go to the village... I've been ostracized because I stood up. Mm -hmm. I was in the paper and stuff. Oh, it was bad. The good news is the uh, quantum of damages for the lawsuit are looking quite nice. We uh, 
Yeah, and what else is looking quite nice is that share shack. I think we should roll the share shack. Episode. I thought we already did. Oh, oh, wait, no, we didn't. Yeah, okay, stay tuned for that. And thanks for joining us on this episode of Cameo Radio. Thanks for tuning in here with me, Danny. Yeah, you bet. And uh, don't forget to stay tuned. Get tuned. Oh, yeah, that's right. Here we are at the share shack. It's the share shack. It's a real cultural phenomenon. The share shed, but it's bigger than a share shed. It's a share garage. It's the- Chaz Boutique. Chaz Boutique. Chaz Boutique. Chaz Boutique. Chaz Boutique. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> See? I've seen it all now. Oh, maybe I have it. Ask me any questions you want to know about this, I'll tell you. What can you tell me about this thing? It's old. It's, it's got lots of, lots of pedals. It's some it's kind had, of an organ. It has some good memories. Yeah. Lots of beer spills. <laughs> Tears. And some love. Oh, there's been some love on that organ. Don't go home. Only Chad's Boutique. Chad's Chad's Did you boutique. find Rumi Volume 2 on CD? Oh, Rumi Volume 2 on CD. Oh, it's just the jewel case. Surprise! Nothing there! There's always a lot of options at the Share Shack. I mean, Chad's Boutique. Chad's Boutique. Ah, there we go. A nice one. Well, there you go. Well, there we go. That's uh, that's the share shack. And like, what's the big descriptive element here? It's a transfer station for the Caribou Regional District. So it's a garbage dump. It's also a total recycling yard for all sorts of electronics and all kinds of household items. Let me tell you, it is a hub of activity. It is. This place is busy. It's friendly. It's fun. It's a pretty good time. I'm going to get back in the uh, 1988 Toyota Corolla, which is also right out of history. 351,000 kilometers and still ticking it had a conversion from an automatic transmission into a standard, and I love it. Yeah, it's a great little car. Everybody wants to buy brand new vehicles. This one works just fine. It does. It's fast, too. Oh, oh boy! Oh, Carol, we're carrying precious merchandise from the share shed, which is great. Literally, and this is how the share shed works. This is probably the most important thing to talk about here. Is that as we were driving by, Danny, you said share shed, and I said, "Well, it's a bit late now. We already drove by." But if we went there, we would probably find a convection oven or something that's big enough that you could actually put it on the countertop and cook something in it. We go there to the share shed and literally there's an Oster tabletop toaster oven that's gigantic. And it looks like it might even be convection. So we scoop that thing up. But not only that, we are on our way back to town, the town of 100 Mile House, to meet my dad for lunch. And who do we meet at the share shack? My dad. Yeah, driving the, what, what year is that, Mercury? Oh,